Ladies, do you think you can change? If you're not sure about that, the interview we do today is going to blow your mind because Dr. Latarsha Holden went from being homeless with her many young children to getting her PhD. Stay tuned for this amazing story because believe it or not, you too can change. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Hello, welcome to American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. Today we are visiting with Dr. Latarsha Holden. She is a prolific author, political candidate, Georgia's 2020 National Mother of the Year. She's changed her life from poverty, homelessness, and hopelessness to education and receiving her doctorate degree. As a mother of six children, her leadership principles became a solid foundation from which her children built careers in the military, medical field, became authors, college students, and young adult leaders. Dr. Holden has been a guest panelist on different platforms to discuss topics such as leaders in ministry, race and poverty in America, women in politics, entrepreneurship and homelessness. She's also a licensed and ordained minister Welcome, Dr. Holden. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Dr. Holden, one of the things that I would love to hear from you is your story of going from being homeless to getting your doctorate degree and what the catalyst was that helped you decide that you could become and be more than you were. Oh my goodness. That's a good question, Tamara. I think in the beginning, it didn't start off like that. 14 years ago, I was 35 years old, homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children for four years. I had a GED in barely no work history. So initially my thought process was, okay, how would I be able to change not only my life, but my six children lives around? At that time, I had two kids in high school, two kids in middle school and two kids in elementary school. And when we was living in a board up house and squatters, I just, I just remember that I had to do something to fight for my family. I really didn't know what that would look like. I dropped out in the 10th grade. I had four kids by the time I was 22. So in my mind, I really never saw anything through or really was organized as a young person. But I just said, well, I got to keep my six kids from the school to prison pipeline, drugs, gangs. And I just decided to go back to college while we was living in that board up house at squatters. I was scared out of my mind. Here I am, 35, haven't been in school since I was 15 years old, but I knew I had to do something to, to at least try to save my family from homelessness and poverty. Wow. That's so amazing. what were the first steps that you took to, uh, to decide, okay, I'm gonna go to college. What did that look like? <laughs> 
Well, honestly, it wasn't, it was not my first thought. You know, when you're in pain, you want stuff to happen immediately. You want God to kind of come and do something magically in your life. <laughs> and I just remember, I started having dreams and vision of me speaking, preaching around the world. So I went to church one Sunday and when the female pastor came off the pulpit after the service, I went to her and saw saying, well, I'm having these dreams and visions of me preaching and speaking. I don't know where to start. Honestly, I thought she was going to tell me, go join that ministry class and God was going to make it all better. But she did not do that. She asked one question after she listened to who I was and where we was living in a board of house. She said, well, did you finish school? I said, no. She said, you probably want to start there. I left out of there hotter than fish grease on a Sunday morning. I tell you, I was mad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm thinking, so I left out of that church. I'm like, what? Go back to school? What is this lady talking about? But that night in that board home, I started to pace the floor. I'm crying out to God. And I just said, well, I, I guess I give it a try. And that's what led me to even think about going back to school. Had she not suggested that, I probably wouldn't know what to do at that point, but I'm glad she did. And that was the starting point of me at least trying to get my life back on track. But I tell you, that journey, that four years was so hard. I often pose the question as a pastor, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? We all know we can go through something for a couple of days, even some months. But what happens when your problem lasts years? And so for me, trying to navigate homelessness for four years, keeping six kids motivated while I felt like I was mentally drowning, it got too hectic for me. So I remember walking into a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia, and I walked through them glass doors. And I went to the desk. And I know I was probably looking frazzled. My hair, I was just tired. And I said, ma'am, I don't think I can do this anymore. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. I, I, I'm tried everything. Nothing is working. And they kept me for a week for observation. And on that floor, they had a padded room. And I asked the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, can I go in there? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. I said, I know it, but I need to go in there. Now, at this point, I was not raised in the church. But I went into that room and I dropped down to my knees. Every day I was there for that week. And I just remember raising my hands up to heaven, crying out, God, are you there? Please help me. I'm scared. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Now, although my situation did not turn around immediately, I knew something was different. And before I knew it, I had matriculated through college with my AA, my BA, my MBA. But when I got a seven to the PhD program for leadership studies, now I did want to bundle jump up to heaven and high five yeah. my man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. The thing that, uh, that impresses me is that you went for help two major times in your life and they became turning points in your life. Yes. So it's obviously important for us to be willing to reach out to other people to recognize we're in a place that we need help way before we get beyond that point. The journey was just too hard. Like you said, I think that took some courage to walk into the hospital and say, and I can't do it. I don't know what to do. But that week there gave me a time to just cry out to God and just be in solitude for that week. But one thing I did to save my six children from um, the streets and the gangs and going off, dropping out of high school, I gave my six children all I had to give them. Now, that was humiliating for me because I had kids 
high school and middle school, they wanted the stuff they saw their friends have. Mm -hmm. I didn't have money. I didn't have anything of material possession that I could give to them. So I told my six children, I said, well, I don't have anything materially to give you. So all I have to give you is to show you how to serve and to love you unconditionally. I've been a servant leader since I was a little kid. I've been rejected all my life. So I thought I'm going to get on my only thing I got is to teach them how to give back. And so I said, well, I want to teach you guys how to serve. And they was like, what are you talking about, mom? We don't have anything. How can we help somebody else? I just gave my six children the only key that I possess, and that was service to others. And I got the newspaper articles, and we did about five events in the community so I can teach them the principles of servant leadership. Now, although they complained and grumbled and we want this, all right, mama, you trying to teach, all right, how can we help? They was watching me. And so when that time was over, when I was teaching them, my son came to me his senior in high school. He said, mother, my way of giving back is going into the United States Marine Corps. He just received his associate degree in business. Now he's going on to get his bachelor's. Another son became an entrepreneur, doing different things from ride shares, selling clothes, or looking after his grandparents, they fell ill. My other daughter said, Mom, my way of giving back is going into the medical field. She's an EMT, licensed pharmacy tech, and she just graduated with her bachelor's in human services. Another daughter said, Mom, my way of giving back. First, she said to get a degree in human services. She graduated two years ago with her bachelor's. She joined the United States Army three years ago. My 20-year-old is now a four-time published author, a serial entrepreneur. She just released a board game for children to teach them on investing and how to give back the life lessons that I taught her. And my youngest son just graduated from high school. His name is Omega. There's no more coming after him. He is the last <laughs> and the end. So I named him Omega. He's gainfully employed. God has blessed me to many awards. But if he took me home today, my greatest achievement was to see my six children. And I also got a chance to see my grandson last year before Christmas become a published author at nine years old. Wow. That's amazing. I remember a quote that you said, chase purpose, not perfection. And I think oh. you that your children have learned that well. They certainly have purpose. Why is that a phrase that is important to you? Well, for me, being a homeless mom at that age and, and really didn't have anything, had I waited for the time to be perfect for me to go back to school, for me to run for city council, I would have never did anything. And so I learned to chase purpose. Celine Dion says, Think of her songs. If you have the chance, choose to dance. I decide, you know what? I'm already being rejected. I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm just going to go out here and be who I believe God called me to be. And they came with a lot of heartache. As a parent, as a mom, as somebody, you decided I'm more than a mother. I'm somebody God has plans for me outside of being a mom. It takes a lot of courage. And I decided to pull my blinders. I didn't look to the people to the right nor to the left. And I realized on my journey that anybody that tries to talk you out of the goal are those people who are too scared to get off the porch and get in the race. I've rarely seen someone that is striving after their goals have the time to talk you out of what you're doing. And so once I realized everyone that was saying, oh, you ain't going to do this, you ain't going to make it, you're not going to be somebody, it was the people that I saw in my family that was too scared to go after their dreams. Ooh, 
That is so powerful. I love the principles that you've taught here, not only of teaching your children that they can become and do anything and that you gave them the skills to do that. And, and I think they also learned a lot just by watching you, Yes, right? Hey, look what mom did. And if mom can do that, <laughs> surely I can do it. Do you know what I mean? So I think a lot is the power of example that we can give to our children. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to ask Dr. Holden what we can do to help the homeless within our own community. And she can speak from experience. So stay tuned. We thank all of our loyal listeners. We appreciate your support, and especially when you share the Mom to Mom podcast with your friends. Please follow American Mothers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you and possibly sharing your comments. You can also email your information at podcast at americanmothers.org. So let me ask you, what can we as mothers do to help the homeless in our communities? When you help the homeless, always try to put yourself in their shoes. Matter of fact, a story to share with you why I just made that point. I went viral on LinkedIn and a lady, she was a white lady. She reached out to me. I shared a little piece of my story and and my degrees and people from around the world reached out to me. But it's one particular lady I would never forget. She said, hey, Dr. Holder, I just want you to know I just ran across your post on LinkedIn. She says that. I have a PhD. I have a loving husband. We have two loving children and we had a pretty nice income, but we both lost our jobs a few months ago and we've been living off our savings, but we won't be able to do that for long. She says, so I began to get worried. But then when I ran across your post, I immediately started to think, what if I didn't have my degrees? What if I didn't have a supportive husband? And what if I had four more kids on top of my two and I was homeless? She said, you changed my perspective. I will always remember you for the rest of my life. Oh. He, but God allowed me here just share my story, change somebody's perspective on, on how they was feeling about their situation. Mm. I completely agree that sometimes we just need a good story, the lesson from somebody else, from their life that will motivate us. It will be the catalyst that will change our very lives, right? So you go around and you speak to so many people. What is one of the key messages you give to especially young women, young mothers to help motivate them in their discouraging times? Two things I talk about. First, I'm big on legacy, how to lead well and leave a legacy. And a lot of times I try to encourage people. I only by the grace of God this year alone, God has had me speak from India to Switzerland, Australia. Remember I said, he said, I saw myself speaking to people around the world. Well, although the world was closed down, he brought the world to me and people all over the world had me on their podcasts and shows. So... But my thing is about leading well to leave a legacy. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be a celebrity. It means being able to use your gifts and talents. If you're a baker, you just be the best baker you can be. Whatever you got, whatever gifts got, because we all have it inside of us. The power, the, the greatness lies within each of us. And so Jim Ron said that, Man doesn't have the power to change his direction around overnight. 
um, but he could change the, that, the destination overnight. That's what it's about. Using your gifts. And if it's been a happy stay-at-home mom or singing, whatever your gifts, I try to tell people, use that. And whoever you are meant to touch, that is your legacy. Lead well. One thing I know is about my kids, I tell parents, be honest with your kids. When you're going through stuff, let them see them emotions. Talk to them. I'm feeling depressed. Let kids know that it's okay when life starts to show up. It's okay to process them emotions, to cry. The thing is, when you get down, it's okay to get down. You got to get back up. You got to keep fighting. Had I given up, on my journey, this is why I tell parents, had I given up, I don't know what would happen to my children or my grandchildren. You are the generational curse breakers. You mm-hmm. so Now, had I given up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't been able to see the generational curse being broken off of my family. And now my grandchildren, so now I've, God has allowed me to see my children be blessed. Now he's allowed me to see my grandchildren start to want publish books and do things. So you got to keep going. It's, it's not about who gets to the finish line quicker. It's about, I learned, I don't, I don't push nothing. When I ran for office, I didn't do it to try to seem like I'm somebody. I just start running according to who I am. Mm-hmm. When you know who you are and who God made you to be, there's no competition when you are being authentically you. There's no competition. Mm, I love that. No, you're absolutely right, because we can only be our best selves. Yes. And I think we struggle the most when we try to compare ourselves to others and say, well, I want to be like them, mm-hmm. but that's their journey. We have to figure out, well, what's my journey? So I have an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. I was speaking a couple months ago, and uh, a woman came up. We were talking about inherent traits that we have. And she goes, well, what if I don't feel I have any? What if I feel I don't have any of these gifts or talents? So sometimes we feel like everybody else has gifts and talents, but Mm -hmm. we don't. Mm -hmm. How would you encourage someone to figure out what their gifts and talents are? Oh my, I actually feel like that lady. Cause I was like, I don't have any gifts and talents, you know, cause I'm, I wasn't from the corporate world. I haven't worked in government or nonprofit for 20, 30 years. I'm like, well, what's my gifts and talents? I love to empower. I love to encourage people. I love to walk with the broken and to, to the world that might don't seem like nothing because it's not fortune 500 material. And so you got a gift and talent, whether you like sitting with the elderly, that's a gift. Mm. Whether you like reading to children in a hospital that are sick, that is a gift. The thing is, we feel if it's not big time, if it's not dancing, singing, some athletic, we feel like we don't really have, yes, we do. Mm. Yes, we do. And so what I did was my gift is encouraging and wanting to love on people and inspire people. So how do I use that gift? Speaking, writing, running for city council, advocating for issues that that are dear to me. That's how I use my gifts. So whoever you are, you feel like, I don't have the gifts. That's because you're looking on the outside of everyone else. You look on the inside and realize what really makes you happy. I mean, if money wasn't an issue, you can get up every day and go do it. That's your gift. 
that's your gift. And so I just found mine. And, but I definitely was like, that. I'm like, God, how can you use me? I don't have anything. Use what I gave you. You're kind. You're inspired. You just got to figure out a way to put it in a little business. And I just decided with every book that I wrote, I use kindness and compassion, whether I'm telling my life story, whether I'm writing a book on leadership or parenting guide, whether I speak, running for city council, whether I'm letting people know that somebody stands with you, just be who you are. It don't have to be something grand. That's how we miss out on our purpose because we keep thinking it has to be something grand. But I tell you this, if you're faithful to God, God would take you places that man cannot. No. 14 years ago, has someone told me, young lady or lady, if you keep going, 14 years later, you're going to be interviewed around the world. You're going to be featured in magazines. God will reward you for your faithfulness. The thing is, we give up because it's not overnight. Mm. My, well, you got to keep going. And it, all, God won't see faithfulness. When he see your faithfulness that Tamara, I didn't have money to market books when I started writing. So I really haven't made a lot of sales because I don't know how to market really good. You know, that's not my thing, but did that stop me? No, I just, well, I'm going to keep writing and using my gifts. And maybe one day God will bring somebody along that's going to help me market. You know, I ran for city council. Was I in a political connection or know anybody of influence or affluence? No. I was the under the race when I ran for city council in 2017. But I remember I made a vow to God. God, if you deliver me from hopelessness and homelessness, I'll go back and fight for others. And so when I realized a seat came up in my district, I kept my vow to God. See, a lot of times people forget when God delivered them what they told God they was going to do. So even though I didn't win that race, race, it was a win for my family. You should give in ways it just has to be small. I got a newspaper article when we was doing the events in the community. And it, I wasn't even a, a person that had a name or degree. It just said, Jonesboro Woman Helps the Homeless. Can you say my name or anything? Will you serve when people don't know you? Can you serve with the little that you have? And so out of my obedience, God has done and rewarded me for my faithfulness. I'm forever grateful. And I just give him all the praise. Oh, well. He has blessed you immensely. And what a gift that you have to be able to share your thoughts and your journey with the world. It's incredible. And it's so inspirational. And I love the legacy part. I was just thinking so many times as mothers, we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter. I think that's the devil coming in and saying, yes. what you're doing doesn't matter. Mothering doesn't matter. But the truth is mothering matters a whole bunch because look at the difference you have made in your children's life and in your grandchildren's life. You broke those chains of yes. poverty and you built a new future, not only for yourself, but for generations. For generations. When my son was stationed in Tennessee, I was put in the driveway and I got a call and he was kind of, kind of serious on the phone. And I was like, Are you okay? Do you need me? I will never forget that phone call. He was like, mother, would you do me the honors of coming to Tennessee to pin me at my ceremony to Staff Sergeant Holden? And although I was no longer homeless, the residue was still there. Sometimes you can be delivered from something and the residue is still there. And I said, son, I'm, 
surprised you would call and ask me. He was like, had it not been for you, where would we be? Yes, I'm calling you. Not grandmama, not granddad. No, I'm calling you. Would you do me the honors? Come in here to pin me. And I said, yes. I'll never forget that phone call that they're watching us. They're watching how we handle situations. They're watching whether we stay down or whether we get back up and fight. They're watching. And to see them going after their dreams and goals and starting businesses and graduate from college, things I just, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing. Oh my goodness. I got all teary on that. That was so it's, sweet. It's a blessing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's not a long time ago, 14 years. The only people knew me then was the welfare office. I used to ask God, why you didn't allow people to help me? I was out there for you. I was, it was hard. And two things came out of that when I asked him that. He told me, had I allowed people to help you, they would have been saying, had it not been for us, she wouldn't be where she's at. Mm. God is not going to share his glory with no one. But then I realized that the, my particular wilderness experience, it was necessary. For me, I was used to giving up in life. I was used to, as soon as the wind blow wrong, I dropped whatever I was trying to do. If somebody didn't, my mom or dad didn't like it, I, okay, I give up. I needed the wilderness experience to build up that muscle. Mm -hmm. My undergrad professors told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. Being a homeless taught me the art of discipline. It taught me how to keep going. And it felt like God had left me out there, but I just became stronger. Had it not been for my wilderness experience, I don't know would I be the strong person I am today. That's why I say it was God. I didn't know anyone, Tamara. Mm -hmm. 35 years old to be homeless, no one came to my rescue. I didn't know nobody that had connections that can help me figure this thing out. I was just trusting God. And sometimes it got so hard. I'm like, God, are you there? I felt like he was trying to kill me. But what God is, when you're in the purging process, he's cutting that stuff away where you don't got used to people talking about you, where you don't got used to giving up. And it's like my children went through the, uh, in the military. They had to go through the boot camp. The boot camp is to break you down for whatever you thought you knew. But when you come out, you're a soldier, you're a warrior. And so I thank God. For me, my wilderness experience, it was necessary. Oh. I love how you described it as both a wilderness experience and a boot camp, because I think sometimes we do feel like that, that God has dropped us into situations yeah. where we, we don't know how to get out of it, yeah. right? That we don't know what the next step is. We feel like we're wandering, we're yeah. tired, we're worn yeah. out. We don't <laughs> know where we're going. It is really like wandering in a wilderness, <laughs> but you're right. It is a purging process. A I, think it, I think it breaks us down to rock bottom but oh, what better place to build than on the rock right that's it, that's it. i'm always in constant praise and worship there was no way statistically my family was not supposed to make it out and i've never been to the school with problems on my kids never had to go to the police with problems with my kids drugs but my one thing i just remember my kids said you became our guiding our guiding light you was like a mentor that although we saw you going through, although we heard people laughing at you and family members joking, you ain't going to be nothing. You kept going. And that's how I asked my son, I don't want to leave. But when my son had graduated from Marine boot camp, I said, son, how did you make it through the Marine have the hardest boot camp? 
He said, I watch you, mom. He oh. said, I, 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 I knew everybody in the family was laughing and talking about you. I heard you crying, but you didn't give up. He said, you're a nice looking lady. You could have left us. You could have divided us. You could have started drinking, drugging, partying. He said, but you did none of that stuff. And I said, if that woman can keep going, I can keep going. And he said, that's how I made it through the Marine boot camp. Wow. But it's true. We do motivate our children by what we do and what we do as mothers matters. Yes, it does. Well, this has been an honor, seriously, a, a complete honor to rub shoulders with you today, to hear your story, to feel your energy, to, to be able to share your motivation with those who are discouraged and yeah. feeling like, I don't know what to do. I think you've given us so many amazing tips to help us become better moms, to realize we can change, that we can impact our community and just make a difference by starting where we are with our own life story. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Our mothering moment this week is from Renee Murphy, the 2021 Minnesota Mother of the Year. She shared these thoughts, love. Such a powerful feeling that can't be put into words. I had no idea what I was getting myself into having children. As we experience life together, how my heart can explode with joy and excitement over their achievements and be crushed beyond comprehension when they go through trials is mind-blowing. You have such an amazing bond between us that continues to grow as they get older, leaving me speechless. I never would have thought as adults, one married and one living out of state, they would still enjoy hanging out and traveling with their mom. Did you know you can nominate that special mother as mother of the year? American Mothers accepts nomination from Mother's Day through September 15th. American Mothers has been honoring mothers since 1935. Now's the time to honor that special mom in your life. For more information or to submit a nomination, go to www.americanmothers.org slash nominate. Have you ever felt like you need a connection with other mothers in your life? You have questions and you don't know the answers to. You need someone to talk about it with you. Join us next week and we'll have some questions and answers for you. Before we go, I'd love to just share a quick recap of one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Holden today. On the brink of hopelessness, Dr. Holden began to think of her purpose and her legacy. And she said this, I realized that as I was going through the storm, as long as I kept my focus and chased purpose, not perfection, I was doing well. End quote. Then Dr. Holden had to get to a place where she had to always remember to chase that purpose. She continued, quote, if I waited for the time to be right to pursue anything, there was no way I would have done anything, end quote. So what I really gleaned from that is that it is our responsibility to chase purpose, not perfection. Everything doesn't have to be done perfectly. So just remember that as you go about your day, chase purpose, not perfection. You do that. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.